Hello there, Lucius. Hope you're navigating your day with ease over in Telegraph Hill. Today's weather in your corner of the world looks like a mixed bag. A bit of light rain this morning with highs around 56 degrees, but don't worry, it should clear up to just a few clouds by evening. Perfect for tuning into some news updates, no matter the time. First up, Uber is stepping up its game in India with a new store pickup feature. Now folks in Delhi NCR can have local store items delivered right to their doorstep, all via the Uber app. I'm Steve Onsker, and alongside me is Jonathan Martin. You're listening to Next in Line from PocketPod News. In tech innovations, Groke is challenging the AI chip market with its language processing units. They're so fast they might just leave NVIDIA's GPUs in the dust. Real-time chatbot conversations could be on the horizon. And on an international note, tensions are high as the U.S. accuses Russia of developing space-based anti-satellite nuclear weapons, a move that could escalate conflicts and disrupt global communications. From local stories affecting daily life to technological advancements and international tensions, we're here to keep you informed and ready for what's next. So stay with us for insights and updates that matter. This message is brought to you by PocketPod. Say goodbye to one-size-fits-all podcasts and hello to a fully personalized listening experience with AI-crafted podcast made just for you. Head over to PocketPod.app to join the waitlist. Uber is taking a bold step forward in India, introducing a new feature that's catching everyone's attention. Right, it's called Store Pickup. Initially launched in the U.S. last December, Uber's now piloting this service in Delhi NCR. The idea? To let gig workers pick up and deliver prepaid items from local stores directly to customers. And it seems they've thought of everything, from live tracking on the Uber app to specific limitations on what can be delivered. But entering this market won't be easy, given the strong presence of local players like Dunzo and Swiggy. Absolutely. To dive deeper into Uber's strategy and what this means for the Indian market, we've got PocketPod News business and finance correspondent Scott Dwyer joining us. Scott, how is Uber positioning itself with this new feature amidst such stiff competition? Well, Steve, Uber's launch of the store pickup feature in India is indeed a strategic move to diversify its service offerings and deepen its penetration within the urban mobility and delivery markets. By allowing gig workers to collect prepaid purchases from stores and deliver them to customers, Uber is tapping into a convenience-driven demand that has seen significant growth, especially in the post-pandemic era. This move not only broadens Uber's operational scope beyond ride-sharing, but also significantly enhances app utility for daily customer needs. That sounds like a considerable shift in strategy. Could you elaborate on how store pickup actually works and what limitations have been put in place? Absolutely. The store pickup feature facilitates deliveries of items with a few operational caveats designed to streamline the delivery process while ensuring safety and compliance. Specifically, it allows for the delivery of items weighing up to 5 kilograms and valued at no more than 5,000 Indian rupees without requiring ID proof or the purchasing card at pickup. However, there are restrictions on what can be delivered through this service, items like alcohol, medication, drugs, firearms, or any illegal or dangerous goods are excluded from this service. Interesting limitations there. And with such established players as Dunzo, Rapido, and Swiggy already dominating this space in India, how does Uber plan to compete? It's a competitive landscape for sure. However, 
Uber's entry into this market signifies confidence in its robust business model and adaptability. The company likely banks on its global brand recognition and extensive user base to carve out a niche within this segment. Additionally, by integrating live tracking directly through the Uber app and requiring detailed pickup instructions alongside proof-of-purchase uploads from customers, Uber aims to offer an elevated level of convenience and reliability that could potentially differentiate it from local competitors. With that kind of user experience enhancement, it does seem like they have a plan in place. How does this align with Uber's broader expansion strategy? Well, following its U.S. launch across 1,700 cities, including major ones like Austin, Boston, Chicago, among others, the rollout in Delhi NCR marks an important step in its global expansion strategy for store pickup. This strategic move reflects Uber's commitment to diversifying its service offerings globally while capitalizing on emerging market trends towards convenience-driven services. Given all these developments, what can we learn from Uber's historical approach towards local delivery services? Looking back at history gives us some context here. Before introducing store pickup, Uber operated a similar same-day local delivery service known as Uber Rush, which was discontinued back in 2018. This evolution suggests an ongoing refinement of their approach towards local delivery services, indicating that rather than stepping back after discontinuing Uber Rush, they have analyzed market demands closely and are now coming back with a more focused offering through store pickup. This really paints a picture of how dynamic the market is and how agile companies need to be to stay competitive. Thanks for sharing these insights with us today. My pleasure, Steve. Always interesting discussing these evolving markets. That was PocketPod News Business and Finance Correspondent Scott Dwyer. Thanks for joining us today. The race to create the most efficient and fastest AI chips is heating up. And one company, Grok, is making headlines with its recent demonstrations. That's right. Grok's language processing units, or LPUs, have shown they can run large language models like ChatGPT and their own Gemini and Grok at speeds that leave current industry standards in the dust. These demos have gone viral, sparking discussions about the future of AI applications. And it's not just about speed. The potential for real-time verbal interactions with AI chatbots could transform customer service, gaming, and even how we interact with smart devices at home. But questions remain about how scalable this technology is compared to giants like NVIDIA's GPUs. To dive deeper into what this means for the future of AI and how Grok's technology stacks up against the competition, we're joined by PocketPod news technology analyst Paige Owens. Paige, can you break down these developments for us? Absolutely, Steve. Uh, Grok's recent demonstrations have really turned heads in the tech community. They've showcased their AI chips, particularly the language processing units or LPUs, as a significant leap forward in processing speed for large language models like ChatGPT and others. The most striking aspect was their claim of achieving the world's fastest large language models, with viral demos over a weekend showing speeds that made existing chatbots seem sluggish by comparison. That sounds impressive. How exactly does Grok's technology compare to current versions of AI chatbots? Well, the comparisons are quite stark. For instance, Grok's technology outperforms not just current iterations of ChatGPT, but also other notable names like Gemini and Elon Musk's Grok. This isn't just about marginal improvements. We're talking about a leap that could fundamentally change how practical and responsive AI chatbots are for real-world applications. 
The demonstrations highlighted speeds that could genuinely make real-time verbal interactions with AI not just possible but seamless. Can you tell us more about these language processing units? How do they work? Sure, Steve. LPUs are essentially designed as inference engines by Grok, making them faster than what's currently seen as the industry standard, NVIDIA's GPUs. A third-party test from Artificial Analysis published last week put this into numbers. Grok can produce 247 tokens per second compared to Microsoft's 18 tokens per second. This is groundbreaking because it means LPUs can enhance the speed of chatbots significantly without needing to replace existing systems completely. Moving on to real-time AI applications, how might this technology change our interactions with AI? The potential here is vast. With LPUs providing such an increase in processing speed, we're looking at the possibility of having real-time verbal conversations with AI chatbots that feel natural and fluid. Removing the robotic delays we've grown accustomed to in current interactions, this could transform customer service, virtual assistance, and even social companionship provided by AIs. There seems to be a trend with the name Grok within the tech industry. Can you explain its significance? Yes, Grok comes from Robert Heinlein's 1961 science fiction book, Stranger in a Strange Land. Signifying a deep understanding or intuition, it's fascinating to see multiple entities within AI and tech adopting variations of this name. It underscores a broader ambition towards achieving profound comprehension through technology. Jonathan Ross claimed his company was first to use it back in 2016. And what about scalability concerns? How does Grok's technology fare there? Scalability is indeed one of the big questions surrounding Grok's advancements. While these LPUs show incredible potential in terms of processing speed for large language models, it remains unclear how they'll scale compared to established solutions like NVIDIA's GPUs or Google's TPUs. Scalability is essential for wider adoption across various fields and applications. It sounds like Grok is on the verge of something potentially revolutionary for AI interaction, but still faces significant challenges ahead. Exactly, Steve. While there's understandable excitement around these developments from Grok, their full impact and adaptability remain to be seen as they confront scalability challenges head-on. Paige Owens, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Steve. Tensions between the United States and Russia have taken a new turn, with concerns now reaching beyond our planet. That's right. The U.S. has raised alarms over what it believes to be Russia's development of a space-based anti-satellite nuclear weapon. Such a weapon could jeopardize everything from military communications to our everyday phone-based services. Despite these serious allegations, Russian President Vladimir Putin has firmly denied any plans to deploy nuclear weapons in space, citing the Outer Space Treaty of 1967, which outright bans such actions. But the situation remains complex. While official comments from the White House are sparse, there's a broader concern about the potential violation of international treaties and the impact on already strained U.S.-Russian relations. To help us navigate through this high-stakes issue, we're joined by PocketPod News international political correspondent Sarah Rogers. Sarah, how significant are these developments in the context of global security and diplomatic relations? Jonathan, these developments are incredibly significant. The allegations that Russia is developing a space-based anti-satellite nuclear weapon not only raise severe concerns for global security, but also mark a potential escalation in the already tense relations between the United States and Russia. This situation touches on several critical areas, military security, space exploration ethics, and international law, particularly considering the Outer Space Treaty of 1967. 
Let's start with the alleged Russian space-based anti-satellite nuclear weapon. What do we know about it? Well, according to U.S. sources, there's a belief that Russia is in the process of developing a nuclear weapon designed for deployment in space that could potentially disrupt not just military communications, but also civilian services that we've come to rely on daily, like phone-based ride services. A source indicated that this system could involve placing a nuclear explosive device into orbit around Earth. The disclosure came out on February 20th, heightening concerns over the intentions and capabilities of Russia's space endeavors. And what has been Russia's response to these allegations? Russian President Vladimir Putin and his defense minister have both denied these reports. Putin emphasized Russia's commitment to peace in outer space and reiterated their stance against deploying nuclear weapons beyond our atmosphere. This is in line with the Outer Space Treaty of 1967, which explicitly prohibits such actions. How has the U.S. officially responded to these developments? Interestingly, both the White House and the Office of the Director of National Intelligence have declined to comment directly on these allegations. However, a White House spokesperson did mention that deploying such a system would clearly violate the Outer Space Treaty, suggesting an awareness and concern over these developments without giving an official stance. And speaking of treaty violations, can you elaborate more on why this development is seen as a violation? Absolutely. The Outer Space Treaty was signed in 1967 by multiple countries, including both the United States and Russia. It's foundational to international space law and prohibits placing objects carrying nuclear weapons into Earth's orbit or installing them on celestial bodies. The alleged development by Russia directly contravenes this treaty and raises significant legal and ethical questions about militarizing space. This must have implications for U.S.-Russian relations as well? Indeed, it does. Relations between Washington and Moscow are already strained following Russia's invasion of Ukraine in February 2022. These latest allegations risk further exacerbating tensions between the two nations at a time when diplomatic relations are already at one of their lowest points since the Cuban Missile Crisis. I understand there have been public warnings about this potential development as well? That's correct. U.S. intelligence agencies, along with political figures, have issued warnings about Russia's potential development of this technology as posing a serious national security threat. Notably, on February 14th, a Republican chair issued such a warning without going into specifics. And there are media reports suggesting possible deployment times for this weapon? Yes, some reports suggest that Russia might deploy either an actual or mock nuclear warhead into space as early as this year. Beyond intentional use concerns lie fears over accidental explosions, which could disrupt satellites essential for various global communications and navigation systems. Sarah, wrapping up our discussion today, how should we view these allegations against Russia concerning global security and satellite communication systems? Jonathan, these allegations underscore profound security concerns at national and international levels while highlighting how crucial maintaining diplomatic channels is amid escalating tensions between major powers like the United States and Russia. 
while Russian officials deny such developments citing adherence to international treaties like the Outer Space Treaty, these reports fuel concerns over potential treaty violations and their implications for global security, especially considering our increasing dependency on satellite communication systems. That was PocketPod News International political correspondent Sarah Rogers. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Jonathan. And that's next in line for Thursday, February 22nd, 2024. I'm Jonathan Martin. And I'm Steve Onsker. Thank you for listening, Lucius. We hope you have a good day, and we will see you tomorrow. This podcast was created by PocketPod entirely with AI. If you'd like to learn more, head over to pocketpod.app.